Hey, Bob WP here, and welcome to Do the Woo, the WooCommerce Builder Podcast. This show is brought to you by our new pod friend, Avalara, who you can count on to make sure your clients' woo shops are tax compliant at avalara.com. I'll tell you more about our new pod friend later in the show. But let's get started as Jonathan has a chat with Iran from Trackship and Zoram about building products in the Woo space, focusing on a niche, and exploring his journey as a product builder. Iran, how are you today? I'm good. How are you, Jonathan? I am excellent. It's starting to get a little bit colder in this part of the world. How about where you're at? Uh, I'm in Thailand, so it's very hot. Actually, it's a very rainy month now. Uh, So it's hot, humid, and rainy. But uh, I don't complain. Uh, so, Word, so in WordCamp Asia is going to be in Thailand in February. Do you think it's going to be about the same type of weather? Uh, I'm not sure. It's going to be in Bangkok, and I'm not in Bangkok. But uh, I'll come and check it out. Excellent. I'm I'm looking forward to it as well. It'll be my first time to Thailand, and where I'm at right now, it's icy and snowy. So that'll be a very different uh, a different contrast. So, Iran, you have been uh, you've been in the WordPress and WooCommerce community for a long time. When when did WordPress first come on your radar? Like, how did you first learn about WordPress? Well, it started in uh, two thousand and nine. Started a few e-commerce websites with Magento, and uh, I was looking for ways to create a blog for Magento, and the Magento blog was not so good, so I. Uh, installed WordPress, and then I found myself with two installations, uh, one for the e-commerce, which was Magento, and one for WooCommerce, and I uh, bumped into WooCommerce, decided to move everything from Magento to WooCommerce. At the point where I, I started, it was still WooBeams, and they had great themes, and I liked their designs, and I liked their e-commerce solution. It wasn't perfect, but I decided to consolidate all my e-commerce and content website into a WooCommerce website. Uh, so you, you had a Magento. So first you start out with Magento. Magento has always been a pretty like big solution. Um, you might've told us the clue there, like, but why, what, what convinced you to make the switch? Was it about having the content together or like, why, why did you, why'd you make the move? I'm not a developer, and when I started working on on uh, and developing my websites, I learned by myself everything. And Magento was very technical. Uh, it sometimes it went on, uh, it went down, and for like a day, I couldn't bring it up again. Uh, so it was a little bit too technical for me, and uh, required uh, developers, more professional than me. And uh, I went for the easiest solution, what that was WooCommerce. And that was much more intuitive and much more built for people like me that are not developers. I I call myself more integrator than a developer. I know how to code, but I'm not a pure developer. So did did it sounds like WooCommerce, which was WooThemes at the time, did, it sounds like it came on the radar at about the same time that WordPress did. Is that did I hear that right? So basically, you started using WordPress and WooThemes together at the same time. Exactly. Cool. So I'm curious. So 2009, that was, that's quite early in the Woo themes, WooCommerce journey. Uh, what was the, so did you, it sounds, did you, it sounds like you started out using it for your own projects? I started uh, in 2009, I started my own uh, e-commerce websites. Started being as a merchant 
and I was uh, building my own website. So WooCommerce was the easy solution. And at the beginning, I started just doing the work uh, for my own. It was the first website, then another two. So I managed as a one-man show three websites built on WooCommerce, first on Magento and then on WooCommerce. And I was uh, very excited about WooCommerce, keeping up to date about what's going on in the platform. And uh, I continued developing my own websites, but at a certain point I decided, I, I realized that I'm more attracted to the product, to WooCommerce, to creating an e-commerce solution that can work for you. Then I shifted my business around 2015 to be more an agency and uh, we built other like e-commerce solutions for uh, companies and big online stores. And around uh, 2018, I started uh, posting plugins to them, wordpress.org. So I'm curious, going back to the transition. So a couple of years, um, you did the, the, the stores yourself. Um, I've heard this a few times from different folks, right? Where it's like, that's, that's a fairly common, like you start out doing stores yourself and then something switches where you find that you're more interested in the product. Like, what do you think that was for you? Like, why, why did, why did like helping other merchants become more interesting than just growing your own, uh, stores? Cause I'm not, I'm not a merchant in my nature and I'm, uh, more attractive. Like I always started with, I, I was attracted to building the websites. Yes. Okay. You like, yeah. And the thing about WooCommerce that I felt that, uh, and I feel it until today sometimes, uh, is that most of the businesses are focused on the front end. And I was, as a one-man show, that I needed to run free stalls on my own. Uh, so I was very also focused on the backend, on managing the website, processing orders, managing the orders, uh, working with shipping, uh, doing fulfillment, uh, working with shipping carriers, Working with Amazon, I had stores on Amazon, so I needed to integrate everything into WooCommerce. And I always looked at WooCommerce as my source of truth. That was my base for all the e-commerce operations. And I tried to integrate everything and all the orders from other channels and everything into the backend of WooCommerce. And that's the things that are more interesting for me. Uh, like the backend managing, operating the e-commerce store. So I was more attracted to that, and that's why I started doing more backend work. It sounds like there, there's the problem-solving piece to it. So you you have the stores yourself. You're, you're focused on the integrations, figuring all the pieces out. And it sounds like you had an advantage because you were working on multiple stores at the same time, which gives you this – you have to look at things from different perspectives. So, it sound, so you then started doing the agency work, which it, I'm guessing that was more like service-oriented at first, where you're just helping other folks. And then in the process – how did product development first come into the radar there? Because the service is where you're, exist you're using existing stuff and beginning to just customize it for clients. Where did the idea of making your own products come in? Uh, the idea came from uh, using a lot of WooCommerce plugins that did not fit or that they sold half of the solution uh, or that they required a lot of code snippets in order to, uh, to work good and the way I wanted them to work. And uh, at that point, I realized that I want to do things better and I want to do things differently. And then, like, we, we started, like, at uh, around two, 2018, at the beginning of 2018, I hired uh, my first employee in India, an Indian guy that I met on a free, uh, freelance, uh, micro-freelance micro uh, uh, platform. We started working together 
and we started building the team. We developed things for customers and improved some of the plugins of WooCommerce for the customers. And we decided to start submitting the plugins to WordPress org so everybody can enjoy them. So I'm curious. I'm curious about the entrepreneurial decision because. You, it's you're describing a pretty natural progression, right? You're, you're helping clients, you're finding uh, products that aren't working as well as they could be. So you get those ideas. I think a lot of folks can relate to that where they'll see like, oh man, it, it would be better if it's this, but you made a decision there. The decision to like hire the first employee and begin going that direction. Was that an easy decision? Was that a, a natural progression? Did you find that difficult? Like how did you, what was that like? It was, it was quite natural on it because I was still working as an agency and I could support myself and additional employees through the work as an agency. And in parallel, we started developing the plugins. Uh, so we started developing more advanced plugins. At the beginning, it was private plugins for customers. Then we realized that we can add options and settings and wrap them as a plugin that would fit uh, everyone. I was never thinking of myself as entrepreneur in the classic way. I built this business to support myself, to be able to, I'm a digital nomad. So I wanted always, I wanted the style of, uh, the lifestyle of the digital nomad uh, and to be independent. And that's how it all started. I didn't make money in the first years, hardly uh, just to survive a minimal wage. It was my freedom and... Uh, that's what was important for me at that point. And I was drawn into this business. I never thought that I would have 15 employees. Uh, it's currently the situation. And uh, I'm just going with the flow. Uh, and my first company is OM. And OM means flow in Ipo. So I flow. Uh, it was unintentionally. Uh, so I love that idea of going with the flow. I'm curious if you look back. So so 2018, it sounds like that's when like you began to like crank up the dial on the product side of things, right? Like you're like, okay, we're going to do more of this product stuff. It's still though a natural progression. You're kind of going with the flow uh, for you as an entrepreneur, because I mean, that's, that's what you are. Like the, <laughs> if you look at kind of the classic profile, you're, you're building a business. There is a risk associated. You now have 15 employees that you're responsible for. Has there been anything that you found especially like difficult about this experience? Um, yeah, let's ask that first. Like you're you're describing going with the flow, which is I think a great way to approach life. What's difficult about it? Uh, I think that the most difficult thing was to create the system uh, and uh, to be able one one is to work with the guys remotely always, and also to create like a, a system. We started as uh, it was me and two developers. So it's like uh, the Wild West. We do whatever we want. And suddenly when you grow and you have more developers, so you have to create the system, you have to create procedures, you have to create uh, uh, a lot of automations, uh, a lot of uh, development environments, security, and uh, you have to motivate them all the time as well to be part of the business. And it's, it's a little bit hard when you're far away from your employees. So in uh, 2019, I decided to go to India to visit them and to meet them. I was there since then, like, I think like at least six, seven times. And I think that's the secret uh, of, of my business is the personal relationship with the employees. Uh, we know each other. Uh, the way we work, we work a lot with Loom. We do a lot of sessions, video sessions online during the day. 
now we have new offices, so like we, we have a meeting room, so we're setting meetings and uh, doing them with a few people at the same time. And uh, I took my employees a few times to a uh, company vacation, company retreats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have a very, very good vibes. And uh, when I come to the office, it always gives a boost to everyone. I live with them when I'm there, so it's it's totally different life than anything yeah. that we know uh, in the West. You might have just answered my my last question on this opening topic, but uh, I, I'm curious about, so you've described some of the challenges of building a system because it's remote, there's all these things that you're having to figure out. Um, what have you enjoyed most about this whole experience? Like, there's a lot of things you could pick from, it sounds like. I love visiting them. The, the hospitality, uh, their culture, as I said, it's totally different than anything I, I knew before. And I just, when I came to India, I just fell in love with them, with the families. I stay with them. I, the hospitality is the thing I like most. That's one of, that's one of the things that um, really stands out to me, too, from my experience in WordPress and just the community as a whole is like, it's interesting how technology can give us this chance to connect with people that we might not have had the chance to is obviously otherwise. And um, I, yeah, that's, uh, that's really cool. That's really cool. So you have this, you've, you've grown, um, you did a number of things. So you started out with Zorem, you had these plugins. Um, you're focused today on a business called Trackship. Can, tell us who is Trackship for? Like we know it's in the WooCommerce space, but who's it for and what problem are you trying to solve with it? So uh, one of the first plugins that I submitted to WordPress.org was Advanced Shipment Tracking, ASD. And uh, I remember uh, we got to 100 uh, active installs and we did like a party, everyone together. And uh, then 200, 300, 1,000, it took some time. We didn't expect that. So I, I submitted the plugin just as a trial that uh, people use it. And then we got so many response and a lot of support requests and feature requests and stuff. And we developed the product more, the plugin, uh, we added more features. And uh, at a certain point, I I remember that I was using FBA in the, in the working with FBA in the past. And I remembered all the shipment statuses. Yeah, what's, uh, what's FBA for those who wouldn't know? Fulfillment by Amazon. Uh, so I used to work with Amazon and send my products to Amazon uh, and fulfill them from Amazon. And then they would give me very detailed tracking and I could know where my ship, where on the shipments at any point and as well as my customers. But there was no such thing for WooCommerce. Uh, so basically, that advanced shipment tracking lets store owners to fulfill the orders to add the tracking information and communicate the tracking information with the customer. But once the customer gets the email with the tracking information, uh, they click and they go to USPS, UPS, DHL, whatever shipping carrier uh, the merchant used in order to ship with the product. And from the shipping point, when you fulfill orders, uh, it's a black box. So most merchants don't know anything about the package, the order, the shipments in the, in the order, uh, what's the status, unless they will go and click on the link and go to the shipping carrier websites as well. I identify that uh, some companies provide this solution, uh, some shipping carriers provide the SMS notification, uh, but it's uh, like a black box, and I wanted to bring the black box into the WooCommerce admin. 
and to create like a platform and this, uh, like to allow any margin to have the last, the last mile step of the fulfillment workflow and to be able to control and own the data and uh, control the customer experience post-purchase to see everything and to know where the shipments are at all times, to get delivery confirmation, uh, to be able to keep his customers coming to his website instead of sending them to third parties. And uh, also many, many of the uh, merchants are using a few shipping carriers and uh, or that they use a few different fulfillment providers or that they drop ship some of the products, uh, some of the products. So uh, we wanted to give the same consistent customer experience to be able to uh, to allow merchants to engage to further engage their customers after the shipping. So I love that I love that engagement point. Here's what I'm curious about: like what you're describing makes a lot of sense in hindsight. Where the question is almost like, yeah, why why wasn't that already a thing? Like it makes sense to give it more integrated. Now I'm curious because because of your agency background and because of what you'd seen as a merchant, I'm imagining that there were multiple problems that you saw that you could have worked on. Is that is that fair to say? Like was was shipping the only thing that you thought about, or were there other things that you considered? No, no, we I'm not. I'm thinking all the time and uh, I'm, I'm working on a few other projects in parallel in Zoem. Uh, so the idea was to, at a certain point, was to split Zoem and Talkship. And to, uh, so Talkship is kind of a, a, a spin-off. Uh, now it has its own company. So Talkship and Zoem are different. And in Zoem, we're thinking about so many things these days uh, and new developments and the uh, and there are so many new opportunities in the WordPress and WooCommerce ecosystem. Hey, Bob WP here, jumping into the show and to tell you more about our new pod friend, Avalara. Want to be a hero when it comes to your clients? You've built a site. Now you want to make sure that with your client's WooShop, that they are insured that they have accurate sales tax rates in place, especially in case of an audit. Avalara is a leader in automating sales tax and compliance for businesses selling online, both big and small. If you're setting up a new WooCommerce site, get your clients set for sales. If you currently manage several client sites, it may be time to make that recommendation. Either way, get their WooCommerce extension and let your clients take advantage of a 60-day free trial. There's also great resources for either you or your clients on their site where you can learn more about sales tax calculation, among other services like returns and exemptions. So for peace of mind, Avalara.com has you covered. Thank you, Avalara, for stepping up to help support the Woo Builder community. Now let's get back to the show. What I'm curious about is how did you decide? So like you got that first hundred installs, right? And as you described it, it's like it got, you know, it, it sounds like it did more than you were expecting. More people resonated with it. Because when you put something out there, it's like you don't know sometimes. H- how did you decide to invest more in it? Was it just a go with the flow type of experience where, you know, you saw people liked it and you did it? Or was there a point where you're like, you know what, I'm going to consciously like put more into this and see where it goes? Like how did, how was that? The point was that, at the beginning, I was looking for ways to provide better service with ASD. 
And uh, that was before we launched the, the premium version of it. And uh, I was thinking what I can do, uh, which features and which functionality I can add in order to attract customers to, to get more, more of my products. And then I was looking at the few, I, I wanted to do an integration. So the, 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 the simple thing was to do an integration with shipment tracking platforms just do the integration. But when I looked into these platforms, they all were taking the merchants to their, pla to their uh, platform, to a different dashboard. Then I said I wanted that I want to create something like that, but inside WordPress, inside the WooCommerce admin, something that would be embedded, will work seamlessly with the uh, WooCommerce orders flow, that the merchants will not have to go to any other platform or to any other dashboard in order to manage the holders. That's where the, the, the idea for Duckship came. At the beginning, we I went to uh, other companies that do the shipment tracking and the automated shipment tracking. I just looked at them and I said, I'm going to do something like that. And I called my lead developer and I told them, we're going to be something like that for WordPress. And that's how it started. So... There, so you started out as a plugin at one point. So, and so it's now, so there's a software as a service component to TrackShip now, right? Like there's, yes. it works together because you, you, on the one hand, you're wanting all of this experience and the flow to be inside of WordPress, WooCommerce. On the other, there are things that need to be done to fetch all the information and process it. So to me, this is a good example of a, a really logical SaaS and WordPress kind of combination. Um, and it sounds like that was also, it sounds like that, that was probably just the only obvious way you could see to solve it, right? Like if you're going to integrate with all the other third parties, like you have to have some way of processing it. It needs to be consistent because if I'm, if I'm guessing right, these third parties probably make changes to their APIs and their processes. Like that's, that's something that you probably have to stay on top of. Yes, of course. Uh, that was one idea. Uh, at the beginning, we thought about, okay, let's, Ping to the shipping carriers from WooCommerce uh, every two hours, three hours, four hours, based and check the shipment status from the from the store with the plugin. But then it was not scalable. So what we decided to do is some kind of an hybrid model. Uh, so we have a plugin, and the plugin is setting up the email notifications, the tracking page, everything, all the functionality of the, the tracking experience is inside WooCommerce. The emails are being sent the same as the transactional emails. The tracking page is hosted on the store. Everything is fully customizable and you can personalize every aspect of the emails and uh, the tracking page. On the tracking page, you can use any page builder and you can add any information, add upsells. Uh, we have also an idea to create like a block for the tracking page for Gutenberg and for maybe Elementor or other page builders. I'm curious, is this, um, have you built software as a service before, or was this the first time you've done that? It was the first time, and we are WooCommerce people, so we built the entire platform on top of WordPress and WooCommerce, and uh, we're still using WooCommerce, um, the subscription plugin, in order to manage the subscriptions. We needed to change a little bit there and to modify and to tweak it a little bit so it will work with the usage-based uh, uh, subscriptions. 
because the WooCommerce plugin, the subscription plugin is working based on the dates on a monthly, recurring monthly, yearly. So we needed to add the usage element uh, because on Touchship we judge by the usage based on the number of shipments. Uh, so we needed to tweak WooCommerce, but we still use a lot of resources uh, and plugins uh, from WordPress, like plug- uh, WordPress plugins, to manage the the, the platform. So I'm curious. Like, so you've you've had quite the arc, starting out as a merchant, uh, doing the agency things, products. You've now found, and you've you've got lots of ideas. You, you're focusing. Uh, how much of all the product focus is Trackship? Like most of your focus right now. Or do you like because you have mentioned the other things that you're working on as well? Like, where, where do you tend to focus your time right now? It's around 50 to 60 percent of my time, the rest of the time goes to Zoem. But uh, I plan to move my focus more and more to Blackship because uh, I prefer the SaaS model on the plugins model. Good. So, for others, for other folks listening, so are there any lessons that stand out to you from your experience? Like, you've gone through a lot. You've already you've seen a lot over the years. I'm sure. Have you made any mistakes at, at all? I make mistakes every day. <laughs> every day, there is no single day that I'm not doing mistakes. And uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm I'm laughing at my mistakes as well. And uh, it's it's a trial and error. Uh, this entire business is trial and error. Uh, we have no marketing so far. Our moment, like the marketing that we do is the support. Uh, so when we do good support, we listen to the customers. We know which features they want. We know what are the pain points that they have with using our plugins. We know which other plugins or platforms we need to create integration or compatibility. But mistakes I do every day. And uh, uh, from the mistakes, I'm learning. So one of the things I like to think about, because uh, I feel the same, we learn from mistakes. I like to avoid mistakes where I can. And one of the ways that I do that is to see what I can learn from others. Sometimes someone can tell me something, but I still have to make the mistake anyway. Uh, I'm curious, in your experience, um, how did you, were there any shortcuts that you took? Were there any things that you were able to learn from what you saw others do? Like how, you know that you're going to make mistakes. How did you minimize them? Planning. Okay, that's uh, the number one uh, uh, way to avoid mistakes. So when we plan stuff ahead and we do wireframes and uh, organize design documents, then we do less mistakes. But I don't think I can avoid the mistakes, and I think that the mistakes are what—it's my compass. It it helps me to to grow and to get more mature with the product. it's interesting. This idea of planning is that in contrast at all to this idea of going with the flow? Like, if you if you, the philosophy is to go with the flow, how do you avoid being like too rigid in your plans? I don't do I I I, I don't do long term plans. Ah, okay, okay. So I never looked at this business as a startup that I need to think what I'm going to be five years from now. Got it. Uh, I'm taking it step by step. It, it sounds like like a lot of folks I talk to. I think it's pretty easy as humans for us to feel afraid of making mistakes. Do, do you feel that? Like, are you are you worried about making mistakes? Why do you think that is? Because mistake is the nature of, of people, of life. We don't do mistakes. We don't learn. So I try to avoid doing mistakes, but the, I don't look at it as avoiding doing mistakes during the day-to-day. 
for example, I will not publish any plugin or I will not submit any plugin or any update for a plugin on Friday night or Thursday night. Yeah. Uh, because I did this mistakes in the past <laughs> and, uh, uh, and then I have to build the entire weekend with uh, entry customers <laughs> uh, or users. Yep. There is no way to really avoid mistakes. So on the one, so on the one hand, it, I agree. It makes sense. Like we we learn through through effort, through trial, like figuring things out. Um, the idea and and the more it, there's something also about risk taking, right? Because when you put something out there, you're taking some risks. Like you don't know what's going to happen. Um, as you think about your experience, and because you've you've been through a lot, you've seen a lot, you've made a lot of mistakes. You've also had a cons- like. One of the things that stands out to me is that because you've been customer focused, that's that acts as a north star of sorts, right? Where it's like, hey, we're here to help the customers. We're going to listen to them. We're going to solve problems for them, and so that that gives you like it sounds like that helps you course correct and sort of stay on track with what you're trying to do. Are there any other, I guess, pieces of advice or guidance that you'd offer to other folks who are trying to to build businesses in WooCommerce? One is focus on your stuff. You can do everything in WordPress. You just need to find a good niche and be the best in this niche. When you build the product, don't just build it and stop. Improve it every day. Listen to the customers, creators. First of all, build it in the highest standards so it will pass any code review everywhere. And compatibility and integration. Uh, so the compatibility is the most important thing in WordPress and in WooCommerce uh, plugins. And uh, that's the bigger thing, the decentralization of the plugin developers, you can call it. Uh, there are many plugin developers, uh, so you have to, and there are many plugins. Some of them are good, some of them are not good. So I would advise, first of all, go with the highest security plugin uh, and the coding standards. And create as many compatibilities as possible. So I say that if you build the plugin the right way, it will not have a lot of conflict with other plugins. And the second one is to focus on SaaS and less on WordPress plugins with all the, with all my love to WordPress plugins. But as I see it, uh, there are so many advantages for SaaS products. You can go out of the WordPress ecosystem at a certain point if you want. And uh, for example, for with Dogship now we're uh, we have a Shopify integration, and we're working on a cloud platform that will allow to do everything on Darkship. Uh, so then it will fit any CMS. When you work on a SaaS platform, so always think about how you can take your plugin and make it a SaaS. I want to reference a, a point here because, like, I'm also I'm all in on WordPress. I I love WordPress. I want to continue to see it grow, and and you have the same. I. I think it's, I've noticed that the more we're conscious of working with other ecosystems, the better we are in WordPress. Like you mentioned, you know, your experience with fulfillment by Amazon, which gave you ideas that you were able to bring into WooCommerce. So I like, one, like I, I recall like going to WooCommerce meetups, for instance, when someone says that they're going to do something with Shopify, I'm like, that's great. In the end, I want WooCommerce, I want WordPress to win as an open source ecosystem. And we do so by facilitating that exchange between our ecosystems, right? Like by being able to look and see, hey, what is Shopify doing? What's Magento doing over here? How do we make stuff better? So I love, I'm love. i glad that you brought that up because I see people 
sometimes just like, oh, it has to, we have to just stay in WordPress the whole time. I'm like, no, you like have a great WordPress experience. And the more that you connect to other ecosystems, the more good you're actually doing for our ecosystem here in WordPress, because you're facilitating more connection between these different ecosystems. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's important. Yes, I, I totally agree with that. I'm, I'm, I'm a WooCommerce person. I am. A, I always worked on WooCommerce. If you ask me what's better, WooCommerce or Shopify, I will always say WooCommerce. But you cannot ignore the other uh, platforms. And if you can provide the same service to other platforms. One, one more point I wanted to bring up. You, you mentioned your experience early on in creating systems. I, I'd love. Can you say any more about that? Like for some, some I think for some people that comes more naturally than for others. Um, and so it was interesting for me to hear. Like you're someone who has a kind of go with the flow mentality. Yet you've also recognized the importance of creating systems and processes. Do you have any guidance to offer, especially for for folks who are newer? Maybe they don't. They don't. They've been growing, but they don't have a lot of systems and process in place. Any any guidance that you'd have to offer on how to start like how do you where do you focus your energy because that could be i can see that being overwhelming for some people what comes in mind is that are like the the tools that we're working with uh, so i mentioned before i'm working with loom uh, it's a great tool that i started working with just for uh, showing my guys on the screen what they need to do or what i wanted to do and to make it easier for them to understand and uh, now we started using it in the support system as well, sending customer loan videos. So if you create a good system that everybody knows how to record the video, it can save a lot of typing and a lot of time uh, going back and forth with your employees or with your customers. Um, so we're using Loom a lot. We use Slack for the communication inside the team. We use a lot of Slack automations now with the tracking API and the tracking engine with uh, extensive moderation and uh, a lot of things that are going directly to Slack uh, automations. Uh, we work with ClickUp for uh, managing the tasks and uh, the projects. Bob is a big fan of ClickUp. He Bob uses it for all the do the woo stuff behind the scenes. Yeah, cool. It's a very nice uh, task management system. We created our own, like, of course, everything goes to Git. Everything is very organized. So when, uh, when any plugin is going, uh, there is an update, everything goes to Git first, everything goes through code review of our, that we create, uh, we created the code review the same as in commons.com and in wordpress.org, uh, which are different code reviews uh, and not to avoid writing, write everything, document everything. I'm working really hard with my team uh, that they will document, that they will learn how to write documents themselves, uh, if it's a design document, but we always start from the design document, and then we can take the documentation based on that. So I always tell my developers that they need to write things like they explain it to somebody that doesn't understand WordPress and it doesn't understand anything. And I think that most of our products were built in the in that way of thinking. We're thinking about the end customer, our customer, which is the merchant that not necessarily has any technical knowledge. So we try to make the, the plugins and talk shit, uh, the platform as intuitive as possible and uh, uh, no codes. Yep. Well, one of the things that I'm curious about um, is when you're building a business, because that's what's happened here. You have a team now. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of moving parts. So you have to create, especially when you're decentralized and working remotely, 
you have to have ways of doing things. Here's how we handle support. Here's how we handle the product roadmap. Here's how we handle sales. Here's how we handle partnerships. And each one of those is going to have steps and multiple things that needs to get done. And at least what I found useful is this idea of saying, okay, let's find, let's figure out what matters the most to our business right now. What has the biggest impact rather than try to figure out everything because there's so much documentation to write. There's so much, there's so many things that are always happening. There's so many things that you could focus on and to just start with like what makes the biggest impact. I'm, I'm curious. It sounds like that's what you've basically done because you've gone with the flow where you've needed it. Uh, I've just seen some people who get overwhelmed and they're like, ah, oh, there's too much. I, I can't document at all. I can't do anything. And then they don't. Yes, but but whatever, if we don't document, so we need to document in the future. Right now, we're starting when we're developing something, we're starting with building the design document and that will be a base for the documentation because I realized that it's the most important thing. Uh, we developed so many features in the last few years that we just didn't tell anyone about them. We just told the one customer that asked it or the <laughs> 10 customers that asked for the feature. And so when you're not planning, and when I say plan, it's in that in that sense. And when you're not planning and you're just releasing features, so, and that's how we work so far. And we're trying to change that. So if you work on things and document and add them to your website and maintain your documentation and your uh, business, uh, that's the that's the key, I think, for a success. Well, Iran, congratulations on all the progress that you've made so far. It's it's been it's really cool to see the the journey. Uh, it's uh, it's been cool to to watch you and the business grow. I'm looking forward to seeing how the what the next couple of years bring. There'll probably be more mistakes, and there'll be more progress. Um, for anyone who's interested in connecting with you, what's the best way for them to get in touch? So I'm uh, I'm not the most active person on social media, uh, but uh, they can find me on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Facebook, Iran Shom, everywhere, and uh, I will be happy to connect with anyone. Awesome, Iran. Thanks for your time, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you for hosting me. Hey everyone, Bob WP here, and thanks again for tuning in to today's show. I'd like to give one more shout out to our new pod friend, Avalara. If you went to WordCamp US earlier this year, you may have seen them as they were well represented in their bright orange attire as a sponsor for WordCamp and also as a co-host for the WooCommerce Meetup. If you weren't able to catch them there, Make sure you do at a future WordCamp. And of course, please do check them out at avalera.com. And as we get close to the end of the year, we'll have one or two more shows for you. So we'll see you soon. And of course, until then, keep on doing the woo.